Welcome to The Red Podcast, a place for bold, inspired, outrageously courageous, and just a tad bit naughty women leaders come together. I'm Elaine Kalila, and I'm the founder of the Priestess Presence Temple, a sisterhood of over 80,000 women. For the past 25 years, I've had the great pleasure and privilege of supporting, inspiring, catalyzing, and initiating women to remember who they are. The Red Podcast is a place where you can come to lean into your edges, listen for that which yearns to be expressed more fully through you, and to say yes to the places that probably scare you. More importantly, I'm going to be talking with some amazing women who are spiritual and grounded, and we're going to be chatting about what it takes for each one of us to step into the legacy of our purpose and fully bring it to the world that we're here to co-create. Your presence is a gift, so I say bring it. We're here to listen to your red, your leading edge, that place of evolution within you. Hope you enjoy the conversations. Well, hello, hello there, my beautiful, beautiful red women. It is Elaine Kalila back here for yet another episode of the Red Podcast, where we gather together to call in women who are leading from the edge of their hearts, their beings, their embodied presence, who are really the uprising of a new form of feminine leadership in the world, creating our sacred businesses, creating our sacred lives, and leading from within in our own evolution, that really important place where we know that our own personal deep dive initiatory work, our own healing work, our own inner shadow work is what then creates us into leaders in our own worlds. It's a different kind of leadership than the one that we grew up with, that's for sure. So today I am so, so, so excited because I have with me Tanya Lynn from the Sistership Circle. Hi, Tanya. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're so welcome. So this is the deal, y'all. I have I don't even know how long I've known Tanya, but it's a good uh, few years. A good few years. And we have circled together. We've been part of um, Deeper Dive kind of, you know, feminine support systems for each other's sacred businesses. Tanya also came on the Avalon Remembered Pilgrimage with me some years ago, where we really... Oh dove deeply into activation and remembrance of her priestess lineages and of the work that she's doing here in the world. Right? Oh my <laughs> God. 2018. Was it 2018? And I'm just, as we're what? recording this, just getting ready. I'm leaving in just about a month here to go back to the UK and um, lead another one of those retreats. So I'm really excited. Oh. Yeah, it's, it's happening. Oh. It's all happening. So I'm really excited that Tanya stepped in to have this conversation with us today because Tanya um, runs an organization, a beautiful sacred business organization called the Sistership Circles and has trained how many women? How many women have you now trained? Thousands. Thousands of women in the art and craft of how to bring circle work alive within their own communities. And um, within that, I know that you have spent a lot of time circling with sisters and what I would love to start off with is just a little bit about how this came into your own life, like your personal story with it, because I know that you weren't always 
doing sister circles. In fact, you came from a very different kind of life and have really been on the, the pathway of reintegrating the feminine into your own life. So share with us a little bit about your background and what, what initiated you to begin this work mm. with circles. Yeah, I was a tomboy. I like to say I was patriarchy's daughter. The suburban girl playing sports and getting perfect grades and daddy's little girl. That's me. I was, uh, I like to hang out with the boys. I didn't like girls so much <laughs> growing up. And when I came back to my hometown of San Diego back in 2008, I was living in New York city previous to that. I had a desire and a need for sisterhood and it was, it was just screaming at me. Mm. It was just a selfish desire that started this global organization. And I put on my first event to bring women together to empower one another. And then it just morphed and evolved and changed through the years as I went deeper and deeper. Mm. You know, it's like I opened the portal, opened the rabbit's hole and then just dove deep and each year just kept going deeper and deeper into myself, unraveling all the conditioning and starting to see, oh, wow, yeah, <laughs> I am patriarchy's daughter, uh, reclaiming the truth of who I am as, mm. as a wild woman. <laughs> as a wild woman. I love it. I love it. So let's talk about that for a moment. What did it take yeah. you to, to sort of go through that movement? Like, you know, you describe yourself as patriarchy's daughter, which I think many of us actually was. I was also in that camp. Um, I thought I was a boy. And I've talked about this in other podcast episodes that I've done. But, you know, I was raised by my dad and my and my brother. I didn't have a mom at home. And so for me, you know, I modeled myself after the boys. And, and I had that very boyish part of me or um, gender fluid part of me, we could even say. And I'm curious you know, how you, I, I understand that journey from patriarchy's daughter to wild woman and what that really looks like in your life and what that entailed. Because as we're listening to this, those of us who are here on the right podcast, I'm sure there are plenty of us who are going to identify with Tanya's story. So tell us a bit more about what that even looked like. Yeah. I mean, the wild woman I say now because I literally live in the jungle of Costa Rica, you know, with, with the roads and it's pretty wild here. But I, I think it, the point in which everything came crashing down mm. and my life uh, just disintegrated as it was, um, was pretty much the moment in which I declared that I would be a mother. It felt like that was the crossroad was Tanya, you have a choice right now. You've been, you, cause I just came out of a relationship with a man who did not want to have children came out of that. And, uh, an older sister said to me, you know, I'm, I'm 50 and I made a choice when I was around your age and I want you to be able to like get clear now before you get into your next relationship. And I said, yes. And I was terrified. And that week 
I met with um, uh, my late mentor mm. who took me on a deep dive into um, healing the father wound and the mother wound within myself and unraveling the good girl, the mm. people pleaser, the, the girl who um, mm. really just wanted to be perfect. Mm. And it's like underneath all of that, underneath the, the proving myself worthy, you know, I, I got to this core piece of like, if I don't have a title, if I don't have a business, if I don't have anything, who am I? Do I exist? And that was a scary question to confront. And I got to, oh, I don't, it's not about what I'm doing. None of that actually matters. And I, and it literally everything fell apart so that I can just see that no just me being is enough mm. i mean even financially where i didn't have any income coming in and just like it didn't matter none of it mattered anymore it was just this complete peeling away of, of everything and getting to the core essence of who i am mm. Mm. so yeah and then i mean i went through that process for nine months and then right when i was so first we went through the mother wound piece and then we went through the father wound and I met Brent and I was like, wait, I'm not supposed to meet someone. I'm not done with the work, you know? <laughs> and, um, yeah. And so I met him and then three months later we were, I was pregnant and, uh, we oh, were I didn't realize it was that soon. Wow. Yeah. We were all in. I mean, and he came in with sistership. He's like, I see what you're doing. I see the vision. How can I help? So, I mean, we were all in within three months of life and business and completely Whoa. like Whoa. on this um, accelerated path. I mean, that first year of our relationship, I mean, we traveled everywhere. We did everything. I mean, it was warp speed. And then, um, yeah. And then little Callie came into the world. And little sistership circle came into the world. So yeah, that was wow. the beginning journey. Wow. That was back in 2014. 2014. Yeah. Here we are in 2022, six years later. You got two kids and a business, <laughs> sacred business, marriage. You moved to Costa Rica. <laughs> Woo! It's a lot, isn't it? It's a lot when we really step onto uh -huh. our path and when we really say yes to it. And I loved that that older sister turned to you and said, hey, this is a moment to make a choice. Because I think this is, I mean, I, I don't know, for all of us out there, okay, so I'm 54 this year. Woohoo, look at me, 50 freaking four. Can you believe Woo! it? This is what 54 is. No. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I, I remember... In my 30s, um, mid to late 30s, I actually split up with a relationship because the guy that I was with was really clear that he didn't want to have kids. And I wasn't sure what I wanted, but he was not willing to stand in the way of me. He was 10 years older than me. And he was like, look, I cannot, I cannot be the one who 10 years down the line, you go, I wish you'd really been clear with me. I want to be clear with you. So he released me. And then, you know, I went through my life of my late 30s into my 40s and I flipped the lid because I married a woman and went into my whole other part of my life. And, well, you know, you're never going to get pregnant with that, not unintentionally, right? So that's not going to happen. But what I think is really, really true for many of us as women is that decision point of am I 
here to have a child physically, or am I here to give birth to vision, or am I here to do a bit of both, is such a rite of passage that is, I think, for many of us, unconscious. And I think it also is one that we're scared of and one that we're simultaneously um you know, driven to get clear on, but at the same time, it's really hard to get clear on. Yeah. And I, so I actually think that this is one of the life stages of clarity around whether or not you're called to have a child. And then how are you having that child? Is there a partner that wants to have a child with you? I mean, I know a lot of women who've chosen to go solo because they couldn't find a partner who would match up with them. So I think it's a really powerful awakening and initiation for us as women, and I'm, I'm I'm thinking about the rites of passage piece that we um, we've spoken about many times before about these missing rites of passage, and that there's actually a rite of passage before you even get pregnant and have a baby, which is about the choice with yourself, and it's like a vision questing choice. How did you get clear on that? Because you were terrified, right? Yes. So I just said yes. And this is typically how I do life is I say yes. And then I figure it out. So I stepped into, (laughs) I stepped into the yes. I stepped into the commitment. And then these two healers showed up in my life. Yeah. And I mean, Barry, we did the deep work of mother father wound. Right. But with Mimi, my, um, my other, the other healer, uh, we did some, um, NET is neuro emotional technique going back to, um, two incidents, one where I kept facing these deaths of children around me mm. in, 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 in for, uh, no, sorry, kindergarten, mm. a girl, one of my classmates having a seizure on the playground. Mm. And then um, when I was in Japan, I was teaching English in Japan to one of my students, a little child died. And then so I was teaching English and then mm-hmm. my friend's little boy with a tragic accident falling off a bridge, total numbness in my body. Wow. wow. So there was this terror of I'm going to lose a child. And I even had done a past life, same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I got to work through that terror. Mm-hmm. And the numbness. So there was first the disassociation and the numbness and then the terror underneath. So I got to work through that. And then, of course, when Callie was one years old, we dropped a sofa on her and she fell unconscious. So I literally had to deal with that again in real time. Thank God she was fine. Um, But I mean, I, I went into complete shock and terror again and oh my God, I just killed my child. <laughs> oh my and gosh. So it's like I, I had that another opportunity to like heal that of like my child is going to die before me. Like, why am I going to bring a child into the world when the child is going to die? Like I had to deal with that. So. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I remember that now vaguely. I remember that. And I remember it, it being like that revisitation of, oh my God it nearly happened. Like I dropped, I mean, like dropping a sofa on your kid, right? It's like your worst nightmare. It's like your baby falling out of bed, right? It's like the same thing. It's like what damage is happening. So, so I, 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 well, first of all, I just want to witness you in sharing that vulnerability of, of that, Mm. that, 
that place that had to be cleared inside of you. And what feels true to me, Tanya, because I got to witness you back in 2018 in Avalon, right, was the opening up of your feminine body. And yes. I would love it if you would speak about that as another initiation because, yeah, some really pretty profound things unfolded from that experience oh, yeah. that we had together. Yeah. And I know that shifted things for you. So I'd love to just hear that one too. And then we can go into talking about more about the circles. But yeah. 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 So we were doing the, um, the oil ritual. And I had the perfect partner, Lainey, magic, you know, magic creature that she is just doing all her witchy magic on me. Um, and as she was taking me in, then I remember, I, I know it was you and I think there might've been one more hand on me as well. And I remember it all being in my womb space and I was screaming. And I, <laughs> I remember having this conscious thought of like, oh my God, I'm ruining everyone's experience right now <laughs> because I'm having this full on primal screaming from like lifetimes ago. And just, I remember you guys just like pulling it out of my womb, just Mm -hmm. And then I had this full Kundalini experience, absolute ecstatic, orgasmic blast open once that was freed from the womb. Oof. I know. And there's so much there that I feel around the virgin mother and how it's almost like this mm -hmm. separation of mother with sexual power. Yeah. And I've been feeling this lately of, wow, it's almost like we've taken, it's disconnecting because I had natural childbirth. Mm -hmm. So I had this profound experience of going through the birth portal, fully consciously aware, but also in another realm from my own body's drugs. Um, and, you know, just the power of our pussies, the power of our sexuality, yeah. the power of our wombs. And yet there's this disconnect, like it's, you know, and then it's like moms not having sex. I hear all the time of, of oh, I haven't had sex with my partner for a year or two mm -hmm. years, you know, after they have a kid. And so there's like this disconnecting happening and like wow what if we actually get like we made this baby from sex and and yet so I've always I have so much that's been constricted and um intergenerational trauma I don't know but it's there's been such a disconnect with my sexuality yeah prior to having birth and I'm still working through it, but Avalon was a massive opening. And I remember sitting on the chalice well steps and saying, Oh my God, I'm here to reclaim my sacred sexuality. What? Like, yeah. that's why I came. <laughs> okay. Like that was not even in my awareness of coming on the retreat, but that was the message mm, mm, was mm. this, the reclamation of my sacred sexuality. And mm. 
so yeah, I mean that, that whole retreat was an initiation into that power that I hold within myself. I mean, I had tapped into it, obviously giving birth, but then there's like this whole new Mm. way and it relating to sacred sexuality. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I just really want to witness you for a moment and share a story and, and, and the vulnerability of, of that opening, right. And that awareness. And I think for many of us as women, um, and this goes down to the whole nature of what it is to circle with other women and to have spaces where we're being held by other women as we go through our life initiations and as we go through marking who we're becoming, right? But for me, this is another one of the ones that's been missing, which is around the understanding or the embodiment, right, of these different archetypes. And I know you work with archetypes in your world and obviously my whole world is about archetypes, but, you know, when we're talking about the mother as an archetype, as a, you know, in addition to and sitting beside the lover or the beloved or the tantrika or the, the one who is um, creating and running that sexual erotic energy to create things in the world with not babies or family, right? And there's all these different ways that we as women can utilize our power of creativity, and that is not something that is spoken about in many circles. So that brings me <laughs> to the growth of the sistership circles and your mission, which has been to really empower women to create these spaces where they get to um, be witnessed and be in supportive circles and to clear with one another, right? And a lot of it's to do with clearing with one another the things that are in the way of them being more fully expressed. And so I know that we've spoken about this before, Tanya, and it's one of my subjects that I spend a lot of time talking about within Priestess Presence and within my own life, which is what we call the sister wound and what stops us as women empowering each other. So would you be willing on the back of your personal stories to speak about the sister wound and your awareness of that and what that looks like in your work and what it looks like for us as women, why we're being called to heal this wound? What does it mean as a bigger picture, right? Like not just our personal relationships with women, but culturally what it looks like. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So before I dive in, I... One of the women in our community just wrote in our Facebook group, I'm, surpri I'm surprised actually that the sister wound has come up even more in sistership circle. And it's like, well, of course it is. Like, <laughs> you know, we think that we're, gonna, we're just going to be in the circle and it's just love and light and it's just rainbows and butterflies and we're all just happily ha holding hands. No, when we actually step into the circle the sister wound is going to come up. It's just a given because we have to move through the shadow in order to actually get to the light of true and authentic sisterhood. We can't just step over that. Right. So, I mean, that's been my journey and, and going back to I'm patriarchy's daughter <laughs> and that little girl who would rather be with the boys. Right. than be with the was conditioned yeah. to be separate and so it's, it's, it's a weapon of war. 
is divide and conquer. That's what the patriarchy has done to women is keep us separate because in, in circle, in the collective, we are far more powerful. And if we want to, if, if the patriarchy wants to keep women in their place of, you know, lower status and just, you know, not equal and out of their power, continue to take women's power away, keep women separate. Hmm. Makes sense. Right. So, Hmm. I mean, so for, first of all, for us to get that we play into this Mm -hmm. system Mm -hmm. when we tear each other down, when we become competitive, when Mm -hmm. we are divided, when we're catty, you know, all those things, we're just playing into, we're perpetuating patriarchy. It's us. And that's a hard, that's a hard pill to swallow because it's, we think that the patriarchy is outside of us. It's not, it's within us. And as women, we actually uphold it. So it's up to us Mm. to come together and heal this. And Mm. this is why circle temple, whatever you want to call it is absolutely critical. Mm -hmm. We must gathering in sacred space together creating safety to actually go into these wounds, allow them to come up, be witnessed, clear it, right? And come into right relationship with one another once again. Wow. It's so powerful to recognize this, right? This internalization that you're speaking of. And I really want to underscore this because this, I remember when I first awakened to this thought. I don't even remember when it was or how it was that this this whole competition and comparison wound that we have with each other that's so endemic within women. I don't care. I've met so many thousands and thousands of women at this point myself. And the one thing I can tell you, right, for sure, is that we all have this wound We've all been against. There's no one who got away with this one because it's the water we've been swimming in. And so the first step we have to do, like you said, is to really, really own that it lives within us, that we have been actually conditioned, like you just said, conditioned to measure ourselves against each other and not just measure ourselves against each other, but to see ourselves as less than each other or having to be more than each other. We're completely on that pendulum swing between I'm either too much or I'm not enough. And what she has, I don't have. And at the very primal level, this was done around our looks and around our sexuality because it was all to do with which one of us was going to get the powerful man in the room to be her husband. That's the insidious nature of, of what happened in the last you know, three to 400 years for sure, if not more, right, through history is is that we literally couldn't survive. And our attractiveness was the thing that we had in order to be able to ensure that we were placed well in society. Yeah. And when you really think about that, and what that did to our mothers and our grandmothers and our great-grandmothers and their mothers before them, and that intergenerational transmission of wounding or, you know, what you need to be in order to make sure that you're going to be okay, 
you are literally put into a position where you are backstabbing in order to make sure that you're on top. Survival. It's survival. Mm -hmm. So I want us to all feel that for a moment because it's really distasteful to our conscious mind, to our ego. This is like, God, I'm not like that. And I want to ask us all to just feel it because I've been working on this wound for a long time (laughs) in myself and in my own community. And I know, uh, Tanya, that it's one of the primary things that women come into circle, that shadow has to be dealt with. Because if it's not, what happens? Yeah. If it's not, we're just all going to stay the same. I mean, we talk about this divine feminine rising, but it's not like, it's not just one person. It's all of us. Right. Like we're, we're rising together. Yeah. We're, we're humanity's saving grace, us women, you know, and it's up to us coming together. Right, right, right. And, and when, from my experience, I don't know about you, but from my experience, when we are inside this sister wound, um, we, we try to do a good job of covering it up, right? Most of us are sophisticated enough that we cover it up and we pretend like it's not there. We go, ah, whatever, you know, but what I know about it is it's actually not about the other person. It's about self. Because if I'm seeing in you something that I'm either projecting, in other words, it's something that I wish I was, or it's something I'm judging, actually that is showing me what I have inside of self that's unfinished business for me to look at. And we are powerful mirrors for each other. Yeah, when you talk about that, because that's really the power of circle, right? Is that we are mirrors for each other inside of that space. Yeah, it's a circle of mirrors. And (laughs) so what I see all the time happening is, and we even preface, like, (laughs) these women are going to trigger you. There's going to be someone in this circle who triggers you, who's going to activate you, because she's bringing that up for you. And so there's those who are like, oh, peace, I'm out. Like, (laughs) right. I ain't doing that. This isn't for me this is not for me. Right. Or this isn't the circle for me. And that is the moment when we have to say, Oh wow, no, this sister is just mirroring something within me. Right. And I actually lean into the circle now, but, and that is the hardest part. It's so hard to lean in, but this is when we lean in, in that moment, the entire circle heals. Every single woman, woman gets the healing. Yes. And, and then, you know, so it's like, oh, let's keep this private. Let's keep this out of the circle. No, it's like we actually need to confront whatever this trigger is within the circle and work through it together. Mm. And yeah, it, it, it comes up in so many different ways. I mean, it could be just the way someone enters the circle or it just rubs you immediately. And we have um, sister buddies in our program. Mm. And some of the sister buddies, they are perfect match. Like they are just so two little peas in a pod. And then we have some women who are like, oh my God, I got the wrong partner. (laughs) He's not calling me back. Like all this. And it's like, no, she's the perfect partner for you because that's obviously the thing that you needed from the circle. You needed to heal this, especially stepping in the circle leadership. 
you're getting like the being in the program is the initiation into your circle leadership. Mm-hmm. So if that's what's coming up, that's the thing that you need to look at because that's what's going to come up in your circles when you're leading. Yeah. You think it's yeah. going to be, you know, you're just going to have all these amazing women who you get along with. No, you're, you're going to be triggered by women when you're leading them. It's just, yeah. So yeah. it's, you know, and when we run away, it's going to show up again. Yeah. yeah. Right. So we might as well, we might as well deal with it in this safe place in the, in this, unconditionally loving circle where women can witness you and hold you through this versus waiting until the next opportunity when, you know, you might not have the safety of the circle holding. Right. I think that's really crucial what you just said about the safety of the circle holding you. And I know that you've done a lot, a lot of work on what makes a safe circle, what is that idea of safety inside of a, a a structure, right? So that we can actually be held. And I, I wonder um, when you're talking to women about, you know, say I'm coming to you and I'm interested in circle. I mean, I, I, I'm curious, right? But I'm also a little scared because most women, most women I know have wounds around being in circles of women. Yep. Because we all have that wound of the shadow of comparison and competition that we've been fed. And so most of us have had experiences of feeling excluded, not invited, um, that we're somehow not, um, that we don't fit in, that we don't belong. Like these are the things that I hear from sisters. Or we've been in and we felt betrayed. We've felt um, unseen. We have felt in some way like it's recapitulated a family dynamic for us, whatever, right? So we come with our baggage. <laughs> so when a sister comes to you and they're like, okay, I'm interested in sister circle, but I'm scared. What do you say to them about that fear? I'm just curious, like, because I think we all are frightened of facing into this wound. Yeah. So the, the typical fear is stepping into the women. Can I actually trust them? Everything that you just said. And then there's also the fear of putting myself out there in my community and what are all those women going to think? So it's like a double, (laughs) a double whammy here. So it's like, wait, I I have to go like, see if I mesh with this circle of women and then I got to put myself out there in the real world. So it's, and I mean those, yeah. So it's like, you have to come into the circle deal with that. And then you got to put yourself out there, which is also, Part of the process is when you come into the program, you're, you're easing your way into the world. So in coming into the circle, having the visceral experience of, oh, wow, this is actually a safe and sacred space. Oh, wow, this is what real and authentic sisterhood could look like. Okay, Now I can, if I have it in my cellular memory, now I have an idea of what I want to create out there. So it's all, it's the, we have to go through the experience. So if, if, if that's what we're, because most women who want to lead circle there, they desire it, right? Maybe they don't necessarily have it. They might have friends, 
but they want the depth. They want the meaningful relationships, right? So it's like, okay, well, we had to first come into this container and experience mm. it to then create it. Mm. And yeah. Yeah. And that we're going to, we're going to hold you. We got your back, you know, your facilitator, your trainer is going to support you through anything that comes up. And I find that most of the women are like a kind of bring it on. Like a, they're, they're brave. They're ready to face it. They understand when it, Oh, there's my, it's my sister wounds coming up. It hurts, but they have the awareness of it. Um, Cause I think you have to be at a place where, yeah, I'm scared, but I'm, I'm ready to move through this. I'm ready to heal this. Yeah. 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 And I, I mean, I, I know that you probably do this. It's the, the same thing. You know, when women approach me about working and coming into deeper dive initiatory work, you know, it, there is like, for me, it's like, well, if you're not feeling that fear, <laughs> then you're not really in touch with what's actually going on. Because the truth of the matter is, is that whenever we're going to come into an edge of growth or evolution, there's always a part of us on the ego level that's scared because it's signaling that we're going to have to face into or change something, right? About how we've been with ourselves. We're going to heal something or look at something that we haven't wanted to look at, usually through the guise of another sister who's showing it to us, where we're like, oh, I can't bear her. Well, what is it you can't bear about her? <laughs> and how does that live in you? And what does that mean about you and, you know, how, what you're being called to love more fully in yourself? And that is such powerful medicine, right? Mm. So tell us a little bit about what you're up to in Sistership Circle right now. Like what's, the, what's going on in the world of Sistership Circles? Yeah, some exciting things. Um, so I am bringing back... Mm our live event online. So Feminine Uprising Live, uh -huh. I had to cancel March, 2020. Oh my God. And we all... I, knew, I knew there was some kind of new, like it needed to evolve. Something needed to shift. And it just hit me that, yeah, let's do it as a one day virtual. We did a one day virtual facilitator event back in March. And we want to do these quarterly and I was like, oh my God, it's Feminine Uprising Live, but as a one-day virtual. So I'm really, really excited about that and, um, and just creating an experience for women to come together. Not facilitators, you know, it's like beyond just come be in circle, come be in this experience yeah. where we get to reclaim our power together. Yeah. So that's, yeah. The, that's the big one um, that's happening right now. Uh -oh. And then I'm personally um, building a goddess temple here in Costa Rica. So we have a live, a live venue, a live place um, for us to be gathering as kind of like Sistership Circle headquarters. So, oh, yeah. I love it. I love yeah. it. And all this is happening. It's I know it's been, it's been so amazing, right? Because I, we have been on hiatus for the last couple of years. And I know on a lot of the podcasts I've been talking about is, you know, this, this emergence, re-emergence back into the world of meeting in person, of having the option to actually sit in circle again. And it's been amazing. I know for me, it's been amazing to have temples again. And so I can only imagine for your community to actually feel like you can gather, you know, we did a lot online. 
We did a lot online and, so it, <laughs> and it worked. And what we proved was this, that we can circle and do temple online and all the rest of it, right? And for me personally, there is something so powerful about sitting in actual physical space and being yeah. with you, looking you in the eye and being able to put my hands next to your hands and actually touch you. Huge. Nothing like it. Nothing like it. We need it. I know we we need need it. We need it. It's true, darling. We need it. So, okay. I have a couple questions for you that I ask, or I should say that Red asks everybody that comes onto the Red podcast. And these are Red questions. Are you ready? Oh, yeah. Woohoo. Okay, Tanya, what do you avoid but secretly yearn to express? Ooh. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's it. That that right there is more of the sexy uh yeah, there's like the more sexy wild side of myself. Um I'm still pretty, you know. <laughs> What is that? What is that? Pretty what? Pretty, you know, I'm in the box. I'm still, I'm still a good, yeah, I'm still a good girl in, in many ways. I mean, I'm, I'm much more expressed than ever before, but uh-huh. yeah, just more of the, the, more of the wild, the wild side of me wants to be expressed. And I, I and it know, edgy. It I know, edgy. I know, so, yeah, so, you know, red, red has a dare, red has a dare and the dare Uh-oh. goes like the, uh-huh. And the dare, <laughs> their dare is um, for you, Tanya and for all the rest of us that go, yeah, hell, I want to express more of that sexy, is for you to really ask the question to yourself, what does she actually really want? Dot, dot, dot. Right? Because this is the truth. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can feel you. You're like, ooh, what does she actually really want? And you don't have to answer this right now, but you could if you wanted to and really put yourself on the edge. What does she really want? Yeah, the, the sexy, wild side of me. Yeah. Um, pleasure. More pleasure. Yeah. That's what it, there's, I, so we have this beach called Hermosa. Uh-huh. Beautiful beach. Uh-huh. Um, long stretch and it's our happy place we love going the girls love it like we could just spend all day there and one of the things we do is we take and we go in the wet sand and it's really soft sand and we'll just completely cover ourselves and then we just roll around in the sand and it feels so amazing <laughs> it's so pleasurable I love that image. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, That, I mean, that, I just want to experience more of that sensual pleasure of life. That's the, like, can I be more, bring more of that online and feel more um, open and alive and expansive? And that's that kind of sexy, sensual wild side that just rolls around in the mud yeah love it love <laughs> it more pleasure darling okay good all right second question what is the most revealing thing about you that you hide 
revealing thing about me that I hide. Yeah. Um, my rage. <laughs> wow, that's it. That's that wild woman again. The rage. Yeah. 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 And so the the revealing part actually is like the sacred rage that then is the fire and the passion and the drive that I have. It's it's yeah. that yeah, I see that so, in you. I see that. Yeah. She's driven. Yeah. This this and is then, a driven woman. Yeah. And then there's the scary, ugly side of, of rage that comes out. Right. Um that the uncontained well, destructive part you mean yeah yeah and it's super uncomfortable and it, it leaves yeah. a mess you know and just oh yeah um, we've all been there we've yeah. all been there okay and the final question is r-e-d is an anachronism. what does it stand for <laughs> Mm. Oh, revel, exquisite, delicious. Ooh, revel, exquisite, <laughs> delicious. Yum. I don't think there's any one of us who doesn't want to feel that red mm. flavor. Yeah. <laughs> So, my loves, it's time for us to wrap it up for today. Tanya, thank you so much for being here and speaking to us about your own journey, you know, as a red woman who's leading from the edge of your own evolution, from the edge of your own sacred rage, your destructive rage, your exquisite pleasure, all the places that you are modeling and working on within yourself and then bringing to your work. And I really do honestly believe that this is the feminine way of leadership, by the way, is that we inhabit our lives for and we lean into all of our edges and we bring that to whatever it is that our sacred work is in the world. It doesn't matter. It's the presence of that authenticity of what you're being willing to unfold within yourself that is the gift. So thank you for the gift of you. So beautiful. I know that um, you'll see on the page where you can find information about Tanya and the Sistership Circle that she's also offering a free gift to us. It's called the Women's Circle Ritual Handbook, the Summer Edition. I love that there's a Summer Edition. <laughs> two free chapters. You get you get two free rituals, and then if you want to purchase the full book, you can. Perfect. So she's gifting away that to us as a community. And you can find out all about her at Sistership Circle on um, on Facebook and Instagram. So, my love, thank you so, so much for being here with us. It's been an honor and a delight. And I just love that you're living your dreams and your wildness off-road in Costa Rica with your kids and that you took that leap. I just, I think it's amazing and it's really inspiring. You know, that you're that you're leading your your business and your world from down there in Costa Rica. Yeah. Who knew? Who knew that was gonna be possible, no. right? I mean, that's one of the gifts of COVID for sure, that it opened up these possibilities for us. Absolutely. So to all of you who hear part of the Red Podcast for today, we are signing off and I will be back with you soon again with another juicy episode. Blessings, my loves. I want to thank you for listening to this episode of The Red Podcast. 
it's been an honor to have you here with us. As Red Women, we are here leading from the edges of our own evolution, birthing new worlds into being through our bodies, our hearts, our minds, and our beautiful presence. If you would like to be in contact with me, I love hearing from you. You can find me on Instagram at elaine.kalila or over on my website, elainekalila.com. And lastly, I'd like to invite you, if you loved this episode, to go ahead and share this with someone that you think might enjoy it too. It's through us sharing our hearts with one another and inspiring one another that we reveal our red, that evolutionary edge that is just waiting to be fully expressed in all aspects of our world. Until next time, many, many blessings. <laughs>